Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. an absolute disaster on our southern border right now. Absolute disaster. And does it seem like Joe Biden and his administration are treating this as any kind of an emergency? Not in the least. Not in the least. They have effectively created open borders. They've effectively eliminated ICE. Our detention centers are now overwhelmed with children and teenagers. ICE is now rapidly processing individuals in and out of these centers into the United States. Individuals with the virus are now circulating throughout the population of the United States. The Biden administration isn't even testing individuals who are coming into this country. It's the border towns that are overwhelmed that are trying to test them. And since they have nowhere to put them, they have to release them. Joe Biden has created this situation. The radicals and extremists who he has surrounded himself with have pushed this agenda. You hear no complaints from Democrats on Capitol Hill. None. They are thrilled. American sovereignty is being destroyed. Our borders being overrun. Then we're going to have another push. Another push. For amnesty. Then legalization then citizenship, then voting. He immediately stops the wall barrier that was working, that was being built, stops it before it can be completed. This administration knows exactly what it's doing. It is creating anarchy on the border. It is making it impossible to secure this nation. Impossible. People are coming into this country. We have no information on their backgrounds. They're coming so many at a time coming from poor poor countries, so it's truly impossible to get the kind of information we need. 
So people are coming into this country may well have violent criminal backgrounds. And then on the other side, the Biden administration has unilaterally also decided that people have committed horrific crimes. Horrific crimes. Assault, including assault on officers, DUI, and on and on and on. That they get to stay. They're not going to be deported. That's not what immigration's about. Send us your brightest. Send us people who want to assimilate into this country. No country can survive this. Not for long. Now, this is intentional. The same people who want to take over our energy and destroy that. What the left is about, what Biden is is about, is he is a human wrecking ball. This civil society is being undermined. Our institutions are being destroyed. The media are all for it. The Democrats are all for it. They're part of it. They're doing it. They're going to pass a $2 trillion bill. They have the votes. Every single Democrat in the Senate is going to vote for that $2 trillion bill. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions of pork barrel spending. Hundreds of billions of dollars for projects that Pelosi wants and Schumer wants and some others want. Hundreds of billions of dollars to blue cities and blue states. Redistributing a a distribution of wealth from Republicans to Democrats. It's just shocking what's taking place here. Absolutely shocking. And they insist on a $15 minimum wage while they're opening the door to illegal immigration, people who will be paid under the table. The squeeze is on the middle class of America, and not just the middle class. The squeeze is on the lower end of the ladder in America. Now, who am I talking about? In specific, I'm talking about poor black people and poor poor Latino people, people who live in our inner cities. They're the ones who are going to suffer the most. They are the ones who are going to suffer the most. And who else? High school students looking for their first job. They're going to be now competing with illegal aliens. And first job, $15 an hour, that in and of itself means they're not going to get a job. No high school student can contribute $15 an hour worth of productivity, worth of value to any small business. The Democrat Party is dragging us over the cliff. They're hollowing out our economy. After half a century trying to be energy independent, we're finally energy independent. And they are destroying the basis for energy independence. So energy prices are starting to go up now. And by the way, the pressure on inflation has already started. Today. Today it started. U.S. inflation expectations hit decades high. As yields resurge, Bloomberg, U.S. Treasuries, tumbled anew on Wednesday, driving long maturity yields to their highest levels this week, pushing up inflation expectations. Inflation is on the horizon. The borders are open. The Border Patrol and ICE have been effectively eliminated. 
People coming into the country with diseases, including the virus. So many, we don't even know how many there are. But clearly they are. And they're not even testing for it. By the way, Fauci hasn't said a word about this. He's trashing the governor of Texas, the governor of Mississippi. Won't say a thing about Biden and what they're doing on the southern border, which is outrageous. It's atrocious. And they act like they care about these kids and these teenagers coming into this country. They don't give a damn about them. Parents sending their kids and teenagers a thousand miles on a trip? God knows what's happened to these kids. And they wrap themselves in self-righteous, oh, we're compassionate. Now what's going to happen to our local school systems? They're going to be overwhelmed. What's going to happen to our local health systems and our hospitals? They're going to be overwhelmed. Who's going to bear the brunt of the cost? You are. You bear the brunt of the cost for everything. In seven damn weeks, this guy is destroying our energy sector. He's destroying our immigration system. He's destroyed girls' sports in high school. They've destroyed any semblance any semblance of any kind of fiscal responsibility. They are massively redistributing wealth for purely political reasons. Purely political reasons. They haven't even gotten to tax increases yet, and a wealth tax, for God's sakes. And they have their eyes on their power. They want to destroy the voting system. That's already been passed by the House of Representatives. I honestly believe if Joe Biden were to run for president today, with his policies in place, rather than his serial, disgusting lying, his misleading of the American people as he sits in the basement, now that his policies are right in front of our eyes, can't be missed, because he lied to us, he covered them up, I don't think he could win. I think he'd lose in a landslide. I really believe it. And this Jen Psaki, what a propaganda she is. What a disgusting propaganda she is. Let's go to cut two, Mr. Producer. She's asked a question by Kristen Fisher of Fox. Go. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, he's requesting a meeting with President Biden about this issue. He's also asking President Biden to acknowledge the crisis. Will President Biden take that meeting and... and I'll ask it again. (laughs) Will he acknowledge that there's a crisis? Well, first, uh, the president and this administration's focus is on digging out of uh, the dismantled and inhumane immigration approach of the last administration. Now listen to this slimeball. The inhumane, and look how she talks, she's robotic. Immigration approach of the last administration, that's the problem. Anybody remember these issues going on in the last administration? No, you don't. We had these caravans coming into the country, and Trump put a stop to it. But she doesn't answer the question. It's always trashing Trump. That's getting a little old. Go ahead. Immigration bill that would not only address the root causes that Leader McCarthy referenced. In oh, his the letter. root causes. I'm so here, sick of hearing this crap. What root causes? You build a wall. You have an immigration system. We have an immigration legal system. You get in line with everybody else. You get interviewed. We want to see your papers. We want to know what's up. 
We either say yes or we say no. That's how it works. We don't need a root causes. We don't need comprehensive immigration reform. I'm so sick of these platitudes and these lies. People need to respect our borders, starting with Democrats, starting with these immigration front groups who think this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things. And it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Right, Barr, the Biden administration is turning ICE long-term detention facilities for migrant families into rapid processing reception and release centers. The redesignated hubs will move migrant families more quickly from the border region into the U.S. interior. ICE officials told immigration advocates and relief organizations they are ending long-term detention of migrant families, reports the San Antonio Express News. The facilities will be rebranded and renamed. Not detention centers anymore. You ready for this? Reception centers. So, with one word, they've now changed the entire policy. You're not detained for deportation. You are received. It's a reception area. So you can be allowed into the United States. All these people coming illegally. The plan by Biden officials is to convert long-term family detention centers in South Texas into Ellis Island-style rapid processing hubs with a stated goal of releasing migrant families into the United States interior within 72 hours. All right, Texas is going to go purple to blue now. That's exactly what's going on here. Russell Holt, a senior ICE official, told staff members in an email reported by the Washington Post, that unaccompanied minors and families this year are expected to be the highest numbers observed in over 20 years. This is, this is all intended. This is all intended. We're apprehending more kids than we can possibly release, a senior homes, uh, Homeland Security official told CNN. We're not keeping up. So that's what's going on. The Biden administration is destroying... The immigration system. Now, he should be impeached for this. But I had Kevin McCarthy on, what was it, Wednesday, Mr. Producer? And he said, we follow the law, we don't impeach. 
Biden is unilaterally and single-handedly destroying our country. Our country. Here's Jen Psaki again. Cut three. Go. I will say that the big difference, which we certainly understand the outcome, may be an influx, as we've seen, of more children. What do you mean may be an influx, genius? What, did you flunk addition and subtraction? You see how they treat human beings? Well, there may be an influx, and we're being humane, of course. Go ahead. We're kicking children out. There's naturally, by uh, design, I'm no mathematician, but going to be more children who come in. Let me uh, ask you something, Pasaki. How many of these children have been molested? How many of these children have the coronavirus? How many of these children are being brought into this country by coyotes? She wouldn't be able to answer a single one of those questions, and yet there she is, sanctimoniously lecturing we, the people. The Democrat Party of 30, 40 years ago, ladies and gentlemen, simply does not exist anymore. And this is what needs to be explained to the American people. This is not a pro-American, pro-worker political party anymore. It's an anti-American, anti-worker party. That's exactly what it is. It is now the plaything of the hardcore, hate America, radical left. That is celebrated by the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost and the rest of the corrupt media. And Joe Biden is legacy hunting. That's what he's doing. Legacy hunting. And so my question is this. How does this end and where does this end? So anybody who wants to come into the United States comes into the United States because that's the humane thing to do. Is it the humane thing to do to the American citizens? Excuse me. Is the humane thing to do to the citizens on on the border? You have a Democrat congressman on the southern border of Texas with Mexico. Hollier, I believe his name is, or Collier. He's been making more noise than anybody else. This is a disaster, he's saying. We're being overwhelmed. You want to know why? Because if you're a Democrat in that district and you live there, you don't like this. You don't support this. You're an American citizen. Your community's being overrun. You don't know who these people are. People are just showing up by the hundreds and the thousands. But Joe Biden lives in a gilded cage, as he puts it, over at the White House. He'll be protected. He'll be safe. All these fools in the Capitol building, almost none of them live or work on the southern border. The Democrat Party sees this as an advantage down the road. All this talk about white privilege, we'll get rid of that, boy, I'll tell you what. Those of you who voted for him, you happy? I'll be right back. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things. And it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. 
We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Levin Show. This is the home of the July 4th Americans. And you can call at 877-381-3811. We've not only lost control of our border, ladies and gentlemen, we've lost control of the interior of the United States. We don't know who these people are. We really don't know how many are here. We don't know how many people have been here illegally for decades. They keep throwing out this 11 million number. What? People don't procreate? I mean, people don't have chain migration? Other people haven't come in illegally? Since 2008, there's only 11 million illegal aliens. Now, you and I know that's a lie. Then they want to change our voting system. Our voting system so individuals can vote. Not just citizens, individuals. They've changed our census system so we count everybody, not just citizens. Why? So you elect more Democrats to Congress. This whole thing is being fixed for the Democrat Party. That's what's happening. The country's going down the tubes for the, for the power of the Democrat Party. And they're perfectly happy with it. All these things going on, you hear no complaints from the Democrats. None of them. None of them. Even CNN has to admit, Priscilla Alvarez, cut four, Mr. Producer, go. Yes, we are seeing an increase of migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border, and trends indicate that that number is probably going to grow in the coming weeks. Now, as you mentioned, the Biden administration is maintaining... Because we have reception centers now, not detention centers. And within 72 hours, they are processed and into the interior of the United States. Who the hell wouldn't do that? Go ahead. A challenge, but clearly some level of concern here with President Biden asking senior members of his team to go to the border to assess. So the idiot finally wakes up. There's story after story going on. I'm going to send a team down there to see what's going on. You don't need to send a team down there to see what's going on, you idiot. You have statistics, you have data, you have individuals who are down there, who work for you, who are telling you what's going on. I don't, you don't understand. I'm going to send it. Uh, what, what am I thinking? Uh, Sheila Jackson Schmee. Uh, go ahead. It's happening on the ground. Yeah, well, isn't that fascinating? He's taking really uh, effective action. He's sending a team down there to see what's going on. Can you imagine these people in charge of our health care system? Can you imagine it? Can you imagine these people in charge of climate change? Climate change. They can't even control the border. They don't even want to control the border. Climate change? We're going to give them access to all of our private sector activity? Seriously? And then he, wants, he still wants to spend this $2 trillion. And I touched on this. Bloomberg, U.S. Treasuries tumbled a new... Driving long maturity yields to their highest levels this week, pushing up inflation expectations as traders continue to price in that problem. The mar- meanwhile, a market proxy for the anticipated annual inflation rate for the next half decade exceeded 2.5% for the first time since 2008, aided by climbing oil prices. Well, gee, you know what? You don't have to be a mathematician, Pesaki, to figure this out. You're driving up oil prices. 
you're spending like a drunken Marxist. Two of the main reasons you get inflation. Meanwhile, the communist Chinese are on the move, and I'm going to touch on that next hour. We are launching Operation Hollow Out America. That's what's going on here. We have one of the dumbest human beings to walk on the earth sitting in the Oval Office. One of the dumbest senators was one of the dumbest vice presidents. Now look at him. He's so out of it, he can't even hold a press conference. He's so out of it, he can't even take questions. What kind of a republic is this? The most powerful man in the country can't be held accountable? It's just too much for him to take questions? Today, today, the vice president of the United States had to take a call from the prime minister of Israel because the president of the United States is not capable of taking a call from the prime minister of Israel. I want to thank the media in America. You're a disgusting gaggle of pukes. That's what you are. You, a bunch of punks, a real bunch of loathsome left-wing Democrat punks. You're so damn corrupt. You're so in the tank. You have no idea you have destroyed the First Amendment and any notion of journalism. And I want to thank Dr. Jill Biden. She knows exactly what her husband is. She knows exactly what he's capable and incapable of. But she sits there and she smiles because she wanted to be in the White House. She wanted to be the First Lady. Nobody talks about it, so I'll talk about it. No shame whatsoever. Has to finish her own husband's, has to finish his sentences. Shame on us. Mark, you're so angry today. Yeah, I am angry today. I'm very angry today. Watching what's happening to our country. You know, my father, my two grandfathers, my uncles, served in the United States military, fought for this country. Joe Biden didn't do a damn thing. Chuck Schumer didn't do a damn thing. Nancy Pelosi didn't do a damn thing. None of them. Most of these jerks in the media, these executives in the media, they never did anything for this country either. So we have in this country people who literally put their lives on the line to defend us, to defend our principles, our system, our republic. And then we have this. And then we have this. It's really disgusting what's happening here. It's appalling. They're busy canceling, canceling Mr. Potato Head. This is their focus. This, this, this is where they're dragging our country. Now, I want to say something that five years ago wouldn't have been controversial, Mr. Producer. And those of you who have little kids, you might want to cover their ears. Although, depending on your school district, they probably heard this over and over again. You ready? Cover your ears. If you have a penis, you are a biological male. If you have a vi- vagina, you are a biological female. If you change your penis to a vagina, you're still a biological male. If you change your vagina to a penis, you're still a biological female. That's what DNA tells us. That's what the science tells us. 
Did I say something wrong, Mr. Producer? Did I say something wrong, America? Now, if you're a biological male, you should not be participating in sports with biological females. In fact, that actually violates federal law. But because federal law has been turned inside out and upside down, it's been actually used to promote biological boys competing with biological girls in high school sports. Now, what does that mean? That means biological girls who are competing with biological boys can't win. They can't get scholarships. You've just destroyed athletics for girls in high school. Now, this is called a civil right. Doing such a thing is now a civil right in America. Really? Gee, I guess I'm old-fashioned. I can remember just 12 years ago when Barack Obama wouldn't acknowledge same-sex marriage. He said he couldn't support it. Now, we must acknowledge the fact that a boy is a girl and a girl is a boy, whether we like it or not, or what. You'll be fired. Maybe you'll be fired. Amazing, isn't it? Did you ever think Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head would be controversial because one is Mr. and one is Mrs. and they have changing parts that don't even affect the genitalia? Did you think that would be controversial? Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss? We now have 11 Hollywood types who have been caught reading Dr. Seuss, including, by the way, African Americans. There was no problem with it until three days ago. So all of a sudden, Dr. Seuss is racist. Now, Dr. Seuss himself was a civil rights advocate. But no, 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 he's a racist because, what is it, green eggs and ham, you know, you project, it's against green stuff. I don't know. I don't get it. Curious George is racist. Why? Because there's a monkey on the cover. Are there not monkeys in our zoos? Are there not monkeys in the jungles? Are there not mon- what does that have to do with anything? Well, it can be interpreted. No, through your sick, insane mind, it could be interpreted that way. And by the way, this is a white supremacist-dominated society. That's why the borders are open. That's why people are coming into this country by the millions who aren't white. Because it's a white, racist society. Now, how much more of this insane crap do we have to put up with? How much more? They've got fencing with razor wire on the top around the Capitol building to protect members of Congress from a violent uprising that attacked members of Congress where nobody had a gun. Meanwhile, the border's wide open. A wall was being built, and they stopped. Now, it seems to me if it's good enough to have an open border for anybody to come in here, whether they have COVID-19, whether they have weapons, whether they're rapists or murderers, we don't know who the hell's coming in. If it's good enough for Texas, if it's good enough for Arizona, if it's good enough for California and New Mexico, then by God, it ought to be good enough for the Capitol building. No, this isn't NPR where we all talk like we... uh, like we have plates in our head. I'll be right back. Lovin. Are you worried about America's future? 
Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Not detention centers no more. They're reception centers. One official, as reported by the Washington Examiner, said the new name would mark the Biden administration's intentions to use the, quote, reception centers, not for holding people in custody, but for serving as sending off points for releasing migrants into the United States. This is shocking. Quote, these facilities are going up but they're being utilized differently. The direction's very clear. Release them as fast as possible, said the first person. If you can get, let's see, if you can't receive migrants from a Border Patrol station, listen to this, then release them right there at the Border Patrol station. Just do it. If that area gets overcrowded, they're giving instructions to ICE to then bust them further into the interior of the United States. Have you ever heard of anything like this, Mr. Producer? America, it's as if we, we have to observe this. We have to accept this. You can't even access your member of Congress. They work behind now tall fences with razor wire surrounded by the National Guard. You can't get a hold of your member of Congress, your senator. There are no hearings whatsoever that you can attend or give your input into. You can't protest anything because of the defense and the National Guard. I'm going to tell you what's going on right now. I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on right now. Pelosi is the National Guard there in those fences and wire, not to prevent another incursion, but to prevent us from contacting and meeting our members of Congress, to prevent us from attending congressional hearings, to prevent us from sitting in the galleries, from meeting face-to-face with our members of Congress. That's what she's preventing. And they say they want it for two more months. Isn't that convenient? So the first hundred and so days of the Biden presidency, where they're ramming this stuff through, ramming it through one after another after another, we the people have no friggin' idea what's going on. We have no access to our members of Congress. This idiot is signing executive orders. They're changing the names of facilities in order to change what these facilities do. And we have to sit here and listen to this stuff when our kids can't go to school. And now we're told you can't get Mr. Potato Head. All in seven weeks. 
Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. The same official said Border Patrol is looking at putting up temporary tent facilities as overflow facilities in Yuma, Arizona, and Tucson, Arizona, planning for overflow Border Patrol facilities where all illegal crossers are held before they are transferred to ICE. They're all going to be released into the interior of the country. They're all going to be released into the interior of the country, pretty much. That National Guard is being put there clearly against its will. Those fences with razor wire at the top, they're being put there, not because there's a threat. What happened? I thought there was something was going to happen on Tuesday. Nothing. Nothing. They're there to stop us, you and me, from meeting with members of Congress, from attending hearings that aren't taking place, from peaceful protest about what's happening in our government. And they're going to keep that fence with the razor wire and that National Guard there for the next 60 to 90 days while they do their dirty work. That's exactly what's going on now. That's the trick. They have no intelligence whatsoever. They certainly haven't made it public to the American people that there are any threats to the Capitol building. Now, there are threats to the Portland Courthouse. That's going on again. There are other threats out there. But the great FBI director, can't we ever find a good FBI director? What is it? You got to be like last in your class or something to be the FBI director? You have to be a real schmo to be the FBI? There's Ray. I didn't read the, the, the memo until uh, uh, several days later. You idiot. You didn't read the memo where they're talking about possible, you know, violence at the Capitol building? Shut up, you idiot. Notice how Nancy Pelosi escapes any accountability whatsoever. She's in charge. What did she know and when did she know it? I don't know. I can't get to her. There's Bob Wire. There's, there's troops there. You know, uh, oh, okay. Well, you know. She's not held to account for anything. Nothing. They are destroying the system. They are breaching the firewalls in the Constitutional Republic. This is your Democrat Party that wants to burn down, figuratively, but nonetheless, the Republican replace it with something else. With the help of the 1619 Project at the New York Slimes, with the help of clowns over there like Philip Bump at the Washington Compost, they have no sense of patriotism, no sense of Americanism whatsoever. The media are not only thoroughly corrupt, they're advocates for this. Advocates. It's really amazing. It's too bad the Capitol isn't right there in McAllen, Texas. Too bad the Washington Post doesn't move its headquarters to El Paso. Wouldn't that be great? It's too bad the White House isn't in uh, Tijuana. All right, I'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. 
Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We're going to take some calls. Uh, also, uh, I just need you to know that uh, we're going to have Gordon Chang on here, one of the great China experts, because as we're having to wrestle with what's being done to our country domestically, the destruction that's taking place within our country, China is on the move. And so we have exactly the wrong president at exactly the wrong time in American history. Exactly the wrong president at exactly the wrong time in American history. But until we have our friend Gordon Chang on, who will be on a little later, I'm going to read something to you. From Breitbart, freedom of speech on the Internet did not lead to a rise in hate crimes, according to reports sent from the U.S. Department of Commerce to Congress in January. You got that? And a report that has yet to appear in any government website. Now, why is that? You see the repression that's going on? Breitbart News has obtained a copy of the report which is published in full below, and we will link to this uh, story, of course. But sources close to the government say they are baffled as to why it wasn't released publicly after being sent to Congress. Why? Because it destroys the narrative, that's why. The report was prepared by the Department of Commerce's National Telecommunications and Information Administration, which is responsible for advising the President on all matters related to telecommunication and the Internet. It was drafted to revise the findings of a previous report in 1993, the role of telecommunications in hate crimes. Although it was prepared under the Trump administration, the request to revise the report came from the 116th Congress, which was controlled by a 35-seat Democrat majority in the House and only a slim Republican majority in the Senate. Sources who were close to the drafting and approval process suspect that bureaucrats and establishment politicians with a vested interest in the hate crimes panic are trying to suppress it because its conclusions challenge popular media narratives alleging a rise in Internet-inspired hate crimes. Reports like this are typically made public, said a source who worked closely with the NTIA on the report. I don't know why this report isn't up on a government website yet. It's already been submitted to Congress. It's not private anymore. I suspect the Civil Rights Division might have something to do with it. According to the source who formerly worked in the Trump administration, the updated report was bitterly opposed by the uh, Civil Rights Division, which is part of the Department of Justice responsible for prosecuting hate crimes. The Civil Rights Division, said the source, is also at the forefront of efforts to drum up hysteria over the nationalist extremism in the U.S. Despite its opposition, the report was approved by the Office of Management and Budget and sent to Congress. But it's not on any website. No one in Congress has mentioned it. The press has not reported on it until now. It's called The Role of Information and Communication Technologies in Hate Crimes, an update to the 1993 report. So you can get it on Breitbart. We will obviously link to it. So you can see what's happening here, folks. Repression. Preventing us from meeting with and directly talking to our members of Congress. 
government by executive order by one man. And then we have the mob, the elected mob, which has a 10-vote majority in the House, which really means five votes can swing, and a no-vote majority in the Senate. They have to rely on the Vice President of the United States breaking tie votes. And they're ramming through and ramming through and pushing their agenda. This is really appalling. It's really quite shocking. So we've learned a number of things. We learned that the insurrection that took place at the Capitol Hill did not involve a single firearm. That's the most bizarre insurrection in in world history. Not a single firearm. Now that information only came up because the outstanding Senator Ron Johnson, Republican Wisconsin, questioned the a senior FBI official who was in charge of this investigated investigation, and she said, no, there weren't any weapons. Nobody's been charged with any weapons. And the only shots that were fired were shot by the Capitol Police that killed the protester, the woman, the veteran. That got almost no attention. Now we have this report, and they're censoring it. It's almost as if it's, you know, one of the Dr. Seuss books. Because it's a report that says, no, we're not seeing the rise of hate crimes or the instigation of hate crimes online. Wow, that's big news, isn't it? Isn't that something to celebrate, America? Apparently not. Apparently not. We have a lot to celebrate. That that isn't the case, that people were not armed, that rushed the capital. Isn't this good news? That thanks to Operation Warp Speed, people are being vaccinated and the development of vaccines like we've never seen anywhere in human history? Isn't that to be celebrated? No, 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 you don't understand. They didn't have a, they didn't have a plan for distribution. You know? Oh, okay. That, in fact, the virus in this country is lessening. Fewer and fewer people getting it. Fewer and fewer people sick from it. Shouldn't we celebrate that? No, 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 Dr. Fauci says no. We need HVAC systems. They got to be changed. Last minute, HVAC systems. He didn't say it five months ago, six. Now, all of a sudden, because he's a Biden hack, that's why. Our borders were secured. Now they're open. Because the Democrats do not believe in a secure country. They just don't. Trashing the cops, trashing the military, trashing the borders. Wow. And then disarm you. That's coming next. Oh, yeah, they got a big bill all worked up. They're going to put a red ribbon around it. So they're attacking the First Amendment with H.R. 1. They're going to attack the Second Amendment. The Ninth and the Tenth for sure. Separation of powers they're attacking. With the executive legislative orders. But it's Donald Trump we have to worry about, ladies and gentlemen. It's his tax returns, even as a private citizen. And we have to chase him down to Mar-a-Lago. The Senate has to sit there. Well, they sit there and look stupid anyway. But it has to sit there and look really, really stupid as they have a trial on a private citizen in violation of the Constitution. They're not even humiliated by this. They look like buffoons. They look like fools. It's truly shocking. And now, Joe Biden says, we really need my rescue plan. His rescue plan is $2 trillion and rescues absolutely nothing. 
this dim-witted buffoon, rescues nothing. What happened to the $1 trillion that's still sitting there from months ago? They're trying to pile up the money, have this massive multi-trillion dollar slush fund, redistributed to their friends, their base, fellow Democrats, their party. The Democrat Party is a neo-Marxist party now. I want you to listen to me very, very carefully because people on cable and elsewhere, they plagiarize this show. I got it. I got it. But this is now literally a neo-Marxist party. It has embraced every aspect of neo-Marxism in this country. That's why you see the idiot in the White House signing one executive order after another. I'll be right back. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs, with the absolute best consumer service team, based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Well, our friend Gordon. Gordon Chang, how are you, my friend? Fine, Mark, and thank you so much. Well, you wrote a piece today that certainly drew my attention about the likelihood you believe that the communist Chinese mainland will attack Taiwan perhaps in the next year. This would be a huge, huge deal. Explain to the American people what you wrote and what you're thinking. Yeah, my thinking is that Beijing probably won't do anything before the Beijing 2022 Olympics, which starts next February. But after that, the risk to Taiwan goes up dramatically because Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, personally has incentives to then start to move. The reason is that the Communist Party will hold its 20th National Congress in the fall, probably October. He wants an unprecedented third term. He will get it if, for instance, he's able to take over Taiwan. And the language from China's military over the last couple months is really frightening, Mark. Um, Xi Jinping has told the Chinese military they've got to be ready to fight at, quote, any second. And in addition, um, amendments to the national defense law of China um, give the Communist Party's Central Military Commission sweeping powers to mobilize society. Mm-hmm. So everyone needs to be concerned. I'll tell you what else concerns me, Gordon. Our country is being hollowed out. Our attention has been distracted with all kinds of uh, left-wing uh, uh, agenda matters that, uh, in, the, in the big scheme of things, are really damaging to our country. And um, 
I think Communist China sees this as an opportunity to act. They see we have an extraordinarily weak president, a president, in my view, has been compromised. They also see uh, that he has surrounded himself with people who are uh, very sympathetic to Communist China. And so they may view this as an opportunity. In other words, all of this might be provocative as far as the Communist Chinese are concerned. What do you think of my comments? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, we know that Chinese elites do not think very much of Biden. They think that they can push him around. That's certainly the comments from that uh, Renmin University professor, Di Dongsheng, from November 28th, oh, where yeah. they talk about how China will again be able to determine outcomes at the top of the American political system once Biden becomes president. Right now, China has what they call the two sessions, two very large meetings in Beijing. It's just triumphalism. It's hubris. It's pride. Um, They're talking about how the West is in decline, the East is rising. This is a very dangerous moment for the world because the Chinese right now think they can do anything, and they think that they can push Biden around. So you're absolutely right about this. Well, my fear is they can. I mean, I'm I'm thinking out loud, what in the world would a Biden do if the communist Chinese begin to invade Taiwan? I'm utterly uncertain of it. I'm I'm very concerned that... uh, He wouldn't do anything to confront them. Um, uh, Then the people in the region are concerned about that, too, because about a month ago, the Japanese defense minister, new Japanese defense minister, um, actually came out in public and warned the Biden administration that they should consider Taiwan to be a red line. This is really something the Japanese don't like to do in public. They like to have these conversations on the sidelines. But the fact that they were saying this um, in a public forum means that they're very concerned about Biden. Shouldn't we be doing more in our relationships, the relationship rather with the Japanese government, to help them build up their military? I mean, they, they could be a very potent force, couldn't they? Well, they are a very potent force. And the one good sign is that uh, Secretary Blinken, Secretary of State, is actually going to go to Tokyo uh, fairly soon. Um, I think it's going to be his first foreign trip. That's important because Japan is, as they say, our cornerstone ally. Japan, very capable military. Japan is absolutely determined to defend itself. And they're absolutely determined to defend Taiwan, I think, because Taiwan and Japan form an archipelago. And the, actually, the uh, southernmost Japanese-inhabited island is south of Taipei um, and um, is within sight of uh, Taiwan. So really all this means is that um, Japan realizes that if Taiwan were to fall into China's hands, the defense of the Japanese homeland would be critically imperiled. And yet Taiwan really is a tripwire for so much around the world, isn't it? I mean, we've had a relation with Taiwan for over half a century. We have said during the course of this relationship, uh, even given some of the shakiness of it in recent decades, uh, that we will come to their defense. And so my, my concern is we will not come to their defense. Are we arming them up the way they need to be armed up? I know Donald Trump was, in fact, doing that sort of thing. Is any of that happening now? 
Well, we haven't seen very much from the Biden administration um, on that. And, and it really just depends on what happens, because the, uh, General Austin, the new defense secretary, is also going to go to Tokyo, I believe. And we'll see what comes of that. But you're right. Uh, President Trump had great relations with Tokyo. Um, Shinzo Abe, the former prime minister, and President Trump were on really good personal terms, just like uh, Nakasone and Reagan were on good personal terms. And um, Japan is, is going to be uh, important for us, and so is Taiwan, because Taiwan is in the center of America's Western defense perimeter. For more than a century, our, we've drawn that defense perimeter off the coast of East Asia. Taiwan's in the center of it. Mm-hmm. Now, it's very interesting. I want to move a little bit, not much, but a little bit further into this region here. Vietnam. Vietnam really is more aligned with us now than it is with communist China, isn't it? Oh, uh, yes. And and the reason is that uh, the Vietnamese are very concerned about China. You know, the Vietnamese, by the way, um, are not afraid of the Chinese. We're more afraid of the Chinese than the Vietnamese are. The last time that China initiated a major military maneuver was against Vietnam in 1979. And uh, Vietnam's third string army really humiliated China's first string. And the Vietnamese know that. Now, of course, they're respectful of China. Um, They don't want to provoke a crisis. But nonetheless, the Vietnamese are tough, and they are defending their border. And they're an inspiration for all in the region. And they should be an inspiration for us, because they've got better China policies often than we do. India. Is uh, is China looking to uh, have a fight with India? Well, they're actually having a fight. Um, Since May, um, Chinese troops uh, went south of the line of actual control, which is the de facto border between China and India in in an area called Ladakh, which is high in the Himalayas. Also, China has incurred recently into Indian territory in Sikkim. Uh, On the night of June 15th, uh, in a surprise attack, China killed 20 Indian soldiers. So um, there are skirmishes that are occurring all the time. Recently, China announced a withdrawal from Indian territory because India actually stood firm. And one of the great things during the Trump administration was that uh, President Trump operationalized what's known as the Quad. Australia, India, Japan, and the United States. This is an informal grouping, and President Trump made sure it was going to become an effective grouping. Matter of fact, it's more effective than NATO, which is actually a formal alliance, and the Quad is not. Australia. I mean, China's picking a, sort of picking a fight with everybody right now, and they've been very, very harsh with Australia. Can you explain that? Yeah. Australia was the first to call for an independent inquiry into the origins of COVID-19, the coronavirus epidemic. And that just drove China ballistic. China believes that Australia should be subservient. Well, they believe that we, we, everybody in the world should be subservient, but especially the Australians. And um, Scott Morrison, the prime minister, said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm an independent Australian. I'm not going to put up with that crap. So um, right now um, there is, as you say, this spat between Australia and China, and it's continuing. Gordon, you're a national treasure, my friend, and I want to thank you very, very much. And uh, we'll have you back sooner than later, I'm certain. Take care of yourself, my friend. You too, Mark, and thank you so much. We'll be right back. Levin, a champion of freedom. 
You know, you're one of the greatest champions of freedom in this country, if not in the English-speaking world, Mark. Call Mark at 877-381-3811. All right, let's take some calls here, Mr. Producer. I don't have my call screen up. I'm working on it. What do you recommend? Daniel in Oregon, the great KUFO. Go right ahead, sir. Hey, Mark. I'm a 32-year military retiree. Got about 400 air combat missions under my belt. Mm-hmm. I spend half my time uh, in El Paso, Texas, and half my time in Portland, Oregon. Yes, sir. So, I just want to talk about the unaccompanied alien children that they keep talking about on the southern border. It's uh, they, they were never ripped away from their parents at the border. Mm-hmm. A lot of those kids that cross, cross without their parents, they are then sent to the Customs and Border Protection processing fenced-in area and then processed to be given over to HHS. Um, if those unaccompanied alien children cross over with an adult, well, of course, you don't want you want to know if that's a, that adult is their parent or not. If it's not their parent, they they take that unaccompanied alien child away from that adult because it's not their parent. They process the adult through the Customs and Border Protection processing area, and they process the unaccompanied alien child through the processing area. They send the adult to the ICE detention center. They send the kid to the HHS for them, and then they try to find their, their parents or a sponsor within the country. Uh, these kids are not ripped apart out of their parents' arms like Pasaki keeps saying on television from the previous administration. That's just not true. And what are the, what's the calamity that they're creating? Yeah, well, one thing, they keep saying that these kids are in cages. These kids aren't in cages. They're processed through a Customs and Border Protection facility that's in an open area, in a fenced-in area, so that you can have one patrolman or one policeman looking over the entire area. You don't want a closed-in room with a 17-year-old and a 3-year-old in there, you not knowing what that 17-year-old is doing to that 3-year-old. So first of all, the, the, the processing centers are fenced in for good reason, because it's easier to provide protection to all of those folks that are in that processing center. And, and, and the problem is, those unaccompanied children, when they come over, their parents, likely most of them, are back in El Salvador, Honduras, and Guatemala. So they're trying to get a hold of a sponsor in the United States or their family back in, uh, you know, in Central America. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's being sold that their parents are just right next door in jail to them, in jail in the ICE detention center. That's not always true. It, it, it just isn't. It's just a. It's just a false narrative that the media keeps portraying. Yeah, and it's only going to get worse, isn't it? It's only getting worse, and especially with the holes in the fence. You know, they're just coming across, and of course, they're getting arrested on the spot and and then processed in. So it's just a. It's just that now with the holes in the fence, it's just another location for them to cross quite easily, and then get processed. Mm-hmm. All right, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks for your call very much. Let's go to Steve St. Louis 
How are you, Steve? I'm doing well, Mark. How are you tonight? Good, thank you. Uh, yeah, let me just preface my comment and question by saying I love your passion and emotion because it reflects exactly, I mean exactly, how I feel. Well, thank you. And uh, thank you. Uh, every Trump uh, executive order, I'm sure you remember this, was immediately challenged and vociferously challenged in multiple courts from every direction. And now I'm sitting here watching Biden, to me the real Mr. Potato Head, mm-hmm. sign executive order after executive order, many of which are illegal, especially with this one creating this immigration fiasco at our southern border, which is in direct violation of federal law. <coughs> Excuse me. What I want to know is where the hell are the challenges from our side? I hear nothing but crickets. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I have no idea. I don't even know how to answer it. I don't know what to do. You know? Yeah, but I keep waiting every time I see a new executive order. Okay, challenge this. Somebody, please. Mm-hmm. But I'm not even sure how they challenge it at this, smart, at, at this point. Yeah, well, I mean... You're going to go to the Supreme Court? You know, last time in Arizona, that case, uh, the Supreme Court stood with the uh, Obama administration. And we have the problem with executive orders. The Supreme Court has basically backed executive orders. It, it, it's just a disaster. And you know what's interesting? If you actually read the Constitution, it talks about Congress sending the immigration policy. You know, it's like this Article 2 where it says the legislature makes law. You know? Mm-hmm. But we, we, we have a big problem here. Yeah, and it's just... Uh... Uh, these, there's a lot of spineless, cowardly Republicans, not all of them, but there's one thing that stuck with me when you interviewed McCarthy, Representative McCarthy, the other night, when you were talking about impeachable offenses, and he says, oh, we, we follow the law, we don't do that. Uh-huh. Well, they better start doing it, they better start fighting fire with fire, because our country's imploding around us. I agree with you. I agree with you completely. All right, Steve, thanks for your call, my friend. Let us go to John, Wisconsin. Rapids? I I can't read this. Where are you from, John? Wisconsin. I know, but what town? Wisconsin Rapids, about 25 miles south. It's Arkdale. And you're listening to us how? How are you listening to the show? WFAU, radio. WFAU. In my ear. All right, my friend. Go right ahead. So, um... I forget where I heard it, but it was either uh, Rush Legacy or uh, it was uh, Sean Hannity. All right, doesn't matter. What you got going? It doesn't matter. Uh, Put on an escort of uh, Biden's last uh, um, news release, and he was talking about, I'm here to ask your questions. I'm here to, I think I'm here to ask your questions. Uh, I'll do whatever you want me to do, Nancy. And there's only one Nancy. That's a Nancy Pelosi. What the heck is going on that he is referring to Nancy Pelosi to answer questions? It doesn't make no sense if he's supposed to be the president and calling calling all the shots. All right, thanks for your call. It was a staffer, actually. All right, let's go to Lee. Let's pick it up, callers. Let's go to Lee in Leesburg, Virginia, the great WMAL. Go right ahead, please. Hey, Mark, good evening. Uh, Mark, you know, uh, I, I, feel, I feel my heart that this group is trying to put a knife into this nation. 
Um, you know, I was talking with a friend of mine uh, the other day. He's from Athens, Greece, and he, looking from abroad, he's saying, I see exactly what they did to Greece and they're doing to America. First, they got a hold of the education system. After that, they did the wealth redistribution. They have like 40% of the people in Greece who work for the government and then flooded the nation with illegal aliens, first from the northern Balkan nations up north of Greece, Albania, and now they're flooding them in from the south. And, um, uh, uh, Mark, I, I just feel I, I just feel this group of people just hates this country. I, that's mm-hmm. all I feel from them. I, I just feel like they have this utter just they just despise this group, the, us as a nation. And I, I Mark, I am just I am uh, I cannot I cannot fathom why anybody would think that or why anybody could possibly hate this country. I cannot figure it out. It makes sense. You know, the why is always very interesting from a philosophical point of view, and we've talked about that here for many years. But at this point, I'm beyond why. They're just doing it, and now we need to succeed. We need to figure out a way to defeat this. You know, we follow the rules, we the people, we the taxpayers, we the constitutionalists, and they don't follow the rules. They use our system to destroy our system. I've said it. They use our liberty to destroy our liberty. They use our constitution to destroy our constitution. That's the definition of tyranny. And that's what you're watching. And you can see the constant reference to insurrection against the Capitol building. What happened to the Capitol building was a horrific disgrace. It was shocking to watch it. But it was shocking to watch the whole summer. And it was shocking to watch the media cover for Black Lives Matter and Antifa. And so that tells us these people are not really serious about preventing revolutions and rebellions of the left. And you and I are serious about preventing revolution and rebellion by anybody. But that could be a violent revolution or rebellion, which we reject, or a passive one that has the same effect, and that is members of Congress violating the Constitution, a president of the United States violating the Constitution, utterly and completely changing our culture, our civil society. That wasn't on the ballot. And these politicians who pretend to swear to uphold the Constitution, these politicians are supposed to do exactly that, and they don't. And so it's a big problem. All right, thanks for your call. We'll be right back. Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. 
Ryan, Cedar Falls, Iowa, on the Mark Levin app. How are you, Ryan? Mark, I'm doing great. Uh, it's a tr- it's a true honor to be able to be on the air with you. Thank I have you. a question. I'm going to try and be a brief, as brief as possible here. Right. My question involves just basically the the left's dominance of the language, and by that, I'm I'm thinking specifically about the word discrimination. Mm-hmm. You were talking earlier in your program about biological men and women. Well, we're told that it is discriminatory not to allow transgendered or AKA biological males to play on young females' athletic teams and to use their restroom. That's that's the right being discriminatory. And of course it's not discriminatory. And, and exactly, exactly. And I'm wondering how is it that they are so effective at, at dominating the language, the meaning of that Because word? they control the culture. Because they control the bureaucracy, they control the courts. They control academia, and they control the media. And so they get to define what reality is, even when it's not reality. And, uh, and you know, it takes, it takes a strong, you know, character to push against this sort of thing. Nobody's saying that people who want to transition shouldn't transition. Nobody's saying that people shouldn't live their lives as they feel they need to, medically or otherwise. Nobody wants to interfere with any of that, but that's different than projecting that onto the entirety of society. It's simply unacceptable to me that the rest of the country should change its behavior, its mores, and everything else. No. Do what you need to do. Do what you feel you need to do. Do what you want to do. But don't impose your will on everybody. And the consequences are grave. Look at what's happened now to girls' sports in high school. It's been destroyed. It's appalling. Yep, I have a young, I have a young daughter, and I'm I'm thinking, you know, if she's she's getting to be, you know, the junior high high school age, and you know, I, if I, I would feel like she would be discriminated against if she if the school she were at were forced to allow a biological male to play on her team, and I, you know, I, I don't see why more people can't grasp that and see it for what it really is. Well, I think most people do. If you put it on the ballot, I think they would vote that way, but they're afraid. That's the whole point of repression and cancel culture. That's the whole point of what Silicon Valley and big tech is doing to you. Uh, That's the whole point of uh, what social media happens when you basically have mobs of people coming on because they're told to target somebody. Uh, That's what's happening when these corporatists are buckling, particularly in, uh, in entertainment, broadcasting. And so they're able to pull those levers, and uh, that's what they're doing. But the vast majority of the American people aren't buying into this. But they're forced to. There's a complete disconnect. All right, my friend. I appreciate your call. Where am I, Mr. Producer? Am I plowing ahead or do I need to... Oh, right, right, right. Where is that? Oh, what did I do with it? Let's take another caller while I'm looking for my list here. Let's go to David, Superior, Wisconsin, the great WDSM. Go. It's honored to to speak with you again. Great one. Um, Thank you. This is a despotic, a despicable, deplorable time, but it's also a very encouraging one for those of us who are um, adept at conversation. And you don't have to say much. The first thing people have to know what to do. I'm your greatest outside sales rep is to turn the people's radio dials to your station. 
and it doesn't matter when the podcast when people have to listen to you daily i'm not getting paid for this i'm not a show <laughs> well but i you, wish they would but you know i can't make them do that i i've, I've read all your books except men in black and and i'm probably going to get your dad's book because i know he you, we all love dogs but listen we can do this it's just going to require that we um ball up and not into a ball but grow a pair and step out verbally we've got to call congress daily people have to take 10 minutes out of their day every single day and if you can't get through leave a message a strong message I like what our senator did, Johnson, and I heard you mention him last night. God bless him. He said, no, you read it, word for word, all 674 pages of it. Didn't you love that? Uh, listen, he has turned out to be uh, an exceptional senator. He really has, and I hope he runs for re-election, and you know they're going to try and beat the hell out of him. I agree. And he can, ta- he, can take a, he can take a hit, too, because when he's done a couple of things I haven't liked, I'm on the phone, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, I've, I've prayed with him. I mean, out of Wisconsin, let me tell you something. This guy is Barry Goldwater, if that's the way you want to view it. I mean, you're not going to get any better than Ron Johnson. You're just not. And uh, even in Republican states, it's very difficult to get anyone better than Ron Johnson. It really is. And look at our founders. He's like a, he's got the founder spirit, you know. He's not he's not shrinking back. And there are others like him too. But but we all have to be like our founders and um, not worry about the weather. Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> whether or not we survive. Yeah, but when you look at a guy like uh, Mitch McConnell, you know that's very troubling. I appreciate your call. The Supreme Court recently struck down what I believe is two, are two of the most important cases in modern history: the two Pennsylvania election cases. We'll be right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, I'll bet this isn't getting much attention on ESPN or in professional sports. Michael Brown's father and other Ferguson activists demand $20 million from Black Lives Matter after organization was revealed to have made $90 million in donations last year. This is the Daily Mail. Michael Brown Sr. is among the Black Lives Matter activists demanding $20 million from the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation after its finances were disclosed for the first time, revealing the group raked in $90 million in donations last year. Now, this is a Marxist organization that seeks the the abolition of the United States government. 
that is anti-Semitic, part of the BDS movement, and opposes the nuclear family. And they get $90 million, including from major American corporations. And it was founded, they say, on the death of Michael Brown Jr. So Michael Brown Sr. saying, all right, wait a minute. You raised $90 million off of the name of my son, among others? The nonprofit shared its financial snapshot with the Associated Press amid accusations from local chapters. They're not being given any money. Always comes down to money, doesn't it? Brown, whose son Michael Brown Jr. was killed by police in Ferguson. Well, he was shot by a police officer who was defending himself. And we know this for a fact. Because even the prosecutor in this case, who wanted to charge the police officer, concluded he couldn't. Because the police officer was, as I said, defending himself. Uh, Michael Brown Sr. says he and his advocacy group have been shortchanged by the larger BLM organization. The alliance said the momentum from the 2014 unrest and the subsequent protests that local activists organized for several months... After were the, uh, were the catalyst for the group being propelled into the position to receive $90 million, referring to BLM stake. It's asking for $20 million for groups in Ferguson, money that would help fund a foundation in honor of Michael Brown Jr., a community center in his name, organizing grants and programs for the local black community, it says. Now, as, as an aside, am I not allowed to say the truth that Michael Brown Jr. robbed a store And he attacked the police officer and tried to grab his gun. Do we have to go through all this again? They're going to name buildings after him? But to the core of this story, they want to know BLM Global raises $90 million and these local affiliates aren't getting anything. I wonder if the federal government will investigate that, what we call the Internal Revenue Service. I wonder if they'll investigate that. Are they too scared? We just hope that the black lives in Ferguson still matter to this movement, said Tory Russell, co-founder of the International Black Freedom Alliance. The IBFA also said Brown has, has received only $500 from any group associated with Black Lives Matter. So Black Lives Matter raises $90 million dollars and the group associated with Michael Brown Sr. gets 500 bucks. But at the time, it disclosed its $90 million funding Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation said it was now building infrastructure to catch up to the speed of its funding. Plans to use its endowment to become known for more than protests after black Americans die at the hands of police or vigilante. Yet yeah, they have a Marxist agenda. They're going to d- dive into this... Uh, you know, critical race theory. That's exactly what's taking place. Because they are, they are a creation of critical race theory and Marxist ideology. That's what Black Lives Matter is. We want to uplift black joy and liberation, not just black death. We want to see black communities thriving, not just surviving. If they actually do that, and I'm not sure what they mean by that, that would be a good thing. That would be a good thing. If they actually do that. I have my suspicions, given all the violence that's taken place. Now, we just told you about this study that the federal government undertook, uh, the Commerce Department, that the role of information and communications technology in hate crimes 
the updated reports in 1993, and they concluded that it didn't have any significant role, which goes against the entire narrative. Just like the so-called insurrection, nobody was armed. It goes against the entire insurrection and all the pre-planning that took place. It goes against the whole notion that Trump incited anything. So I have nothing but contempt for Liz Cheney and Adam Kingsinger and the, uh, and the gaggle of the Republicans in the Senate, too. They're just, they're just frauds. Again, there's a difference between a violent uprising, a violent riot, and an insurrection. But now we see a majority of academics support discriminating against conservatives, the study shows. It's our friends at the, uh, the Free Beacon. One in three conservative academics has been threatened with disciplinary action for expressing their beliefs, according to a new study that quantifies academia's liberal bias. Research from the Center for the Study of Partnership and Ideology released this week shows that conservative professors and graduate students are guaranteed, quote-unquote, to face discrimination in academia. University of London politics professor Eric Kaufman conducted the study, which he says is the first to focus on how academic authoritarianism threatens conservatives on campus. This has been all over the media, hasn't it, Mr. Producer? Nowhere. Kaufman analyzed eight surveys of graduate-level professors and doctoral students, the majority of whom said they would not oppose discriminating against their right-leaning peers in some form, 10% of academics support outright canceling or firing conservative professors who express their views. The study adds a new dimension to recent stories of harassment and intimidation of conservative voices in academia. And it's not just in academia. We have the media itself. Little Stalinists like B.S. Brian Stelter, who wants to crack down on conservative media who wants to de-platform Fox News, among others. Of course, he should be working for Media Matters, and effectively does. So the media are against free speech. Academia is against free speech. Clearly, the Democrat Party is against free speech. And these are the totalitarians, as far as I'm concerned. These are the totalitarians. All right, let's continue. All right, let us go to James, Carlsbad, California, XM Satellite. James, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Let me take you off the speaker. All right, my friend. Okay, you there? Yeah, you got to shut your radio. Thank you. All right, I am so sorry about what's going on in this country. How do I tell my grandkids, you know, why do we even have to vote? What's the point of voting? What is, what's wrong What's wrong with this country? You know, I used to say we live in a free country. We don't live in a free country anymore. I can't say that. I can't look at my grandkids in the face and tell them we live in a free country. We live in a free and total free society. We don't have that. We we don't even have freedom of speech anymore. They want to take everything away from us. What do we do, Mark? I mean, I am... You know, I wish I had an easy answer, but we have to be a little bit more mature and rational about this, there's a lot of things we're going to have to do. Number one, within your own flesh and blood, you've got to make sure that they understand about liberty and private property rights and God and all the rest of it, because they're going to be indoctrinated if they go to any of these government schools. So it's important that we take care of the home first and the children and grandchildren that we have. 
That's number one. And we prepare them, at least mentally and psychologically, for what's coming. Number two, we must be more active, including locally. We must start showing up at school board meetings. When I was a school board director, I was in law school, I rallied taxpayer groups and parents to come to these board meetings because otherwise they're taken over by the teachers' union and their patsies and the PTAs and the PTOs. You need several hundred people. You need to organize. Maybe it can be a different group every, every time they meet to attend, to monitor, and to make their voices heard. You need to do things of that sort. Number three, we need to learn the practices of the left and apply it against them. I'm not talking about felonies and fraud and, and all the rest of it. But as one of the earlier callers said, and we've talked about that here too, we cannot allow them to steal the language and the nomenclature. And when the left seeks to impose things on us that are bizarre or perverse uh, or, uh, or immoral or uh, irrational, we need to object. We can't just take it, so we need to speak out. No, we don't believe boys should participate in girls' sports, period. No, we don't believe in open borders where people should come across the border some of whom have criminal backgrounds, some of whom may have a disease like a virus, some of whom may be perfectly fine, but still they should not be able to come across the border. In other words, ideas of consequences. The climate change movement didn't just happen. They spoke out. They organized and so forth. They do this better than we do because we're busy. But the one word that bothers me the most is when we say we. Mark, what can we do? And I say the same thing in response every time, James. No, the question isn't, Mark, what can we do? The question is, James and everybody else, what are you going to do? And you need to decide, everybody listening to this program needs to decide what role they're going to play. And you might think it's overwhelming, but even a little piece of your community, a little piece of your neighborhood, a little piece of the action, you have to decide if you're going to become an activist or not. Because the truth is, the vast majority of people listening to me are not. They want me to be a fortune cookie and break it open and say, look, here's the answer. It doesn't work that way. All right, James, thank you for I your call. Be, so it's going to I take wanna, some pers- – what is it? Congress. What is it? I want to get into Congress. I want to I get into Congress. Well, right? then you go with your local party and figure out how to get into Congress. I might suggest you uh, shoot a little lower first. Maybe run for your school board or maybe get involved before I just want to run for Congress, because uh, if you just want to run for Congress and you haven't built any kind of a foundation, it will be a, uh, you'll fail. So you got to do more than I want to run for Congress. But thank you for your call. Am I right, Mr. Producer? There has to be a level of substance and seriousness to, to what you want to achieve. But if you want to run for Congress, go for it. I don't even know who your congressman is, to be perfectly honest with you. Am I, where am I, Rich? This Sunday's Life, Liberty, and Levin, I truly had a wonderful, wonderful time. I always do. I truly had a wonderful time with these guests. They are outstanding. I hope you'll watch us on Fox. Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Jason Whitlock and Congressman Byron uh, Donalds. Fantastic. Two African-Americans, I'm telling you, they were absolutely fantastic. So I hope you'll check it out this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you can't watch it live, at least record it. DVR it. And I'll be right back.
AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Bernie Sanders, who apparently doesn't understand the purpose of the United States Senate and really could give a damn. It's amazing to hear a democratic socialist say that the minority can't obstruct the majority. Why? Is the majority of America democratic socialist? But Andrea Mitchell, who is a fraud, been a fraud her entire life, her entire career, uh, she's questioning Bernie Sanders, who's such a coward he will not come on this program. Cut eight, go. And if you're facing that kind of a roadblock, is it time to rethink the filibuster? You see, so this is Andrea Mitchell. This is what she does. She is a leftist Democrat. And so she pretends to answer questions by putting question marks at the end of them. She's basically telling him, why the hell don't you end the filibuster? But this is how it works at MSLSD, which is owned by Comcast, just so you cable owners know, or cable users, rather, subscribers know. Cut eight, go. I would say two things. Right now, as you've indicated, just today, we're dealing with, I think, the most consequential piece of legislation for working people. This fool thinks this all the time. Yes, it's the most consequential piece of legislation for working people in the modern history of this country. Particularly those who are going to lose their jobs by the millions, according to the CBO. So this communist thinks he has the answer. All communists always think they have the answer. They're like the most bizarre... And among the stupidest of the citizens. This guy's never done a damn thing in his life. He moves from, uh, what was it, Brooklyn? He's an old commie from Brooklyn. He goes to Vermont. Shockingly, he wins the mayor's office in Burlington, Vermont. Becomes a congressman. Then he becomes a senator. And no offense to Vermont, but it's, it's the least diverse state In the whole country. In the whole country. You know, as Vermont goes, no, the country doesn't go. Go ahead. ...of this country. And we're doing that through reconciliation process, uh, which means that we only need 50... Uh, Which means you're going to violate the Budget Act. You're going to use the reconciliation, a.k.a. the reconciliation process which is supposed to be utterly different than one you're using it for. But you don't care, do you? Do you, Bernie? No, you don't care, do you, Bernie? He's a commie. He's not a democratic socialist. They, they use these phony names. He's a commie. 
Let's go to, uh, let's see, Ladale, Richardson, Texas, on the Mark Levin app. Go right ahead, Ladale. Hey, Mel, how you doing, big time? This is Ladale again, man. Hey, my man, how are you? Uh, Yeah, man, doing just fine, man. Talking to the great one as usual, big time. Now, uh, get down to business because I don't want to waste your time on my time. Um, Man, uh, this BLM thing, brother, uh, this is the biggest fraud ever. Uh, but it's not. I'm not surprised by it at all because they do it every two to four years. Mark, it's sad what they're doing. They're collecting ninety million dollars, and then none of the money going to the African American community at all. Uh, that's pretty sad. My thing to you is, my question to you, because I always ask you for wisdom, is as an African American Republican, understand what we can do as far as hold on, hold on to your question. I, I misjudged the clock here. We'll get you right after the break. We'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Luffin, an unapologetic patriot and unapologetic constitutionalist. You can reach him at 877-381-3811. I wanted to mention that now more than ever, the Israeli people, in my view, should very much want to re-elect their prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. Iran is getting very, very close to having nuclear weapons. It's going to take a very strong Winston Churchill-type leader who's experienced, who's been around a while, to confront this and perhaps even attack Iran, given that the Israelis will not be backed by the United States and the Biden administration. Also, if you look at the disreputable Drudge Report, which helped elect Joe Biden, and never forget that all the support that you gave to that website, and they turned around and they stabbed you in the back a thousand times to Drudge. Drudge and the never-Trumpers, particularly the Jews who are never-Trumpers, are backing a gentleman by the name of Bennett. Now, Bennett is a conservative. I have nothing against him. But Bennett is no, or would be no great prime minister of Israel. At one point he worked for Netanyahu, but he's very anxious to become prime minister. I see no reason why the Israelis would make Bennett prime minister, given that he's essentially really unproven. He's held a couple of cabinet ministries, he's been in the Knesset, but again, it's nothing personal with me. But it reminds me of Britain after uh, World War II, one of the greatest 
statesman ever. Winston Churchill brings his country through that. And then they throw him out of office. Here you have Netanyahu, who's, who's brought Israel so many successes, working with Trump to advance the cause of peace, to move the American embassy, to have sovereignty over the Golan Heights and so many other issues. Um, and he really had to uh, defend his country against the anti-Semitism that was Barack Obama and his administration. And so uh, it's very important, I think, given that the Biden administration is, is now in place and all these Obama people are back and even worse. Um, that in my view, Netanyahu, really, I mean, I'm, I'm not voting, but it would be very, very important, I think, for Netanyahu to hold his position, particularly now. Well, you served so long. Who cares? What's that have to do with anything? Nothing in my view. Also, Andrew Cuomo, you've heard it all day long. It's an easy story now. The guy's a pervert. Apparently he was busy molesting women. That's the allegations anyway, you know. Somebody will have to take him to court, I guess. But we're always to believe the women. I know this because Andrew Cuomo used to tell us that. And there was an uh, interview of one of the women accusing Cuomo, trying to find out, Mr. Producer, it's here somewhere, and uh, Charlotte Bennett used to work for Cuomo, and here in part is what she's saying. By the way, she's interviewed on the CBS Evening News by Nora O'Donnell. Cut 12, go. The pandemic was obviously stressful for all of us, and he was on TV nearly every day talking about it. Make that gown look good. So you think all this national attention may have emboldened him? Absolutely. I think he felt like he was untouchable in a lot of ways. Hmm. Odd sense of words, but I got it. Cut 13, go. You have been quoted as saying that he also asked you about if you'd ever been with an older man. Yeah. He asked me if age difference mattered. He also explained that he was fine with anyone over 22. And how old are you? 25. What were you thinking as he's asking you these questions? I thought, he's trying to sleep with me. The governor's trying to sleep with me. Mm-hmm. And I'm deeply uncomfortable. And I have to get out of this room as soon as possible. And to be clear, what made you think that he was trying to sleep with you? Without explicitly saying it, he implied to me that I was old enough for him and he was lonely. Pretty horrible, right, Mr. Producer? Right, America? Well, let me ask you folks a question. Where was Nora O'Donnell and CBS News when Tyre Reid accused Joe Biden of reaching under a dress and, and effectively raping her under the definition? She was in her 20s. She was a staffer. He cornered her in a dark corner of the Capitol building. How come the media didn't interview her in any significant way? How come the New York Times and these other outfits, maybe they dropped one or two stories and something, but then they ran away from it? 
Nora O'Donnell, I have no respect for you whatsoever. This is an easy interview. Because here you have people coming forward, and I'm glad they are. And there's the, uh, there's the piling on of Cuomo, and there should be. And there should be. But in the case of Joe Biden, he was the nominee of the Democrat Party. And if Tara Reid's allegations actually began to take hold in the body politic, then Biden could well lose. But Nora O'Donnell and the other so-called reporters, they weren't going to do that. They weren't going to risk Joe Biden losing to Donald Trump. And so a sustained media coverage of an allegation that's actually far worse than this, of actual rape by Joe Biden against Tara Reid, received not one-tenth of one percent of the coverage that this is receiving. And I want you to think about that. Furthermore, the Wall Street Journal ran a story, and we, on this program, on March 25th it was, right, Mr. Producer? When Dr. Healy called into this program, we broke throughout the country the story of what was going on in these nursing homes, the horrific directive from the governor. And after we broke this story, thanks to Dr. Healy, simultaneously with the Wall Street Journal, big media didn't do a damn thing. In fact, even conservative media didn't do a damn thing. They didn't take up the issue. I urged them to take up the issue. They didn't take up the issue. We even got a copy of the memo and we posted it, didn't we, Rich? We did everything we could to draw attention to this. And even conservative broadcasters, on cable, on radio, wherever, in the media... They turned the other way. And big media turned the other way. And now we see once the rock has been lifted, all kinds of slime is revealed in this governor. All kinds of slime. I'm sure he's not the only one. But I watch the hypocrisy. I watched the media taken after Cuomo, and I'm glad they are. He deserves it. But I remember how they withheld it until after the presidential election. They withheld it until after he got his Emmy. They withheld it after he had his book, his book deal. They withheld it until after Fauci was praising Cuomo as an example of how you run a state. Because Cuomo was trashing Trump left and right. And anybody who trashes Trump has to be a good guy, apparently. But now they want to remove Cuomo. They want to, they want to insert somebody like the radical kook attorney general of New York, or the radical kook Each, or something of that ilk. They want to protect their boy Schumer. There's all kinds of things going on in the shadows, behind the scenes. These things don't just happen. Nothing's coincidental. But my focus is on Nora O'Donnell. And her shameful conduct, not in doing this interview, 
but in being a member of the Praetorian Guard when it comes to Joe Biden. Joe Biden has never seriously had to address this. He sits with his wife. They're asked one question. They're asked the question to get it out of the way so he can say he answered it. He has that stupid look on his face where he's where his eyes are all scrunched up and all the rest of it. Doesn't remember. And of course not. It never happened. Yeah, it happened. I believe Tara Reid. Why the hell would she come forward? A Democrat, a liberal, worked on his staff, came to Washington, was dreamy-eyed, had a job that she was so excited and proud of, working for Joe Biden, and he molests her. And he molests her. That's the allegation. Did Jeremy Peters follow up on this at the New York Times, Mr. Producer? I don't think so. How about Phil Bump? How about Andrea Mitchell? How about Dee Lemon? How about all the other reprobates? Did they? Of course not. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. So, folks, I'm back on Parlor. We're going full speed ahead. I'm picking up my postings there now, so I hope you'll continue to follow us there and join us and add your comments. I've been going back there more and more and reading your comments. So uh, it's at Mark Levin Show Parlor. Correct, Mr. Producer? Forget about Twitter and Facebook. I don't, I don't really think it is righteous or it's a show of uh, strength to continue to be on Twitter and Facebook. I think that's really uh, nonsense. I think people who are on Twitter and Facebook in my business, they just don't want to give up the hits. They don't want to give up the attention. My view is you'll learn to deal with it. You should give your support to, a, uh, to an alternative entrepreneurial enterprise, which is exactly what I do. And by staying on Twitter and Facebook, I can't do that in any effective way. It's a way to resist them and to help a, uh, a patriot and the patriots that work at Parlor. So it's at Mark Levin Show on Parlor. Well, Saturday will be pretty good because there's several UFC fights, Mr. Producer. Several championship fights. And I will be there. It's my favorite sport now. It's been for a while. It's Friday in honor of you, patriotic Americans in America. Here we go. 
Folks, please don't forget, it really is a powerful show. I wouldn't tell you otherwise. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox. If you can't watch it, please DVR it because you don't want to miss it. Trust me. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel from the bottom of our hearts. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi. And good night, Barney. Miss you greatly. Folks, have a wonderful weekend, all right? Chins up. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. And good night, America. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.